Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Man, you guys can be seated. Welcome to Horizon West Church. Uh, you've heard it, you've seen it, and a lot of us wearing the t-shirts. This is our For Horizon West Sunday. Uh, not because it's, you know, uniquely that we're For Horizon West today, but this is a unique Sunday, and you're going to hear why in a few moments. You know, as uh, Socrates has drawn and kind of put a light on this morning, there's a, there's a generational theme that I've seen this morning with families being baptized, dads baptizing their children, Socrates recalling his parents and grandparents' impact on his life. And it hadn't occurred to me until just a moment ago uh, that as I stand here the product of a mom who prayed every day of my life that she was alive uh, for me to be a man of God, and today would be her 70th birthday. Um, she's celebrating in heaven, but the investment that she made in me, um, God is continuing to reap uh, and, and to harvest that in the work that he's doing in and through us here. And so praise God for men and women who invest in kingdom. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. I'm 40 years old. I turned 40 earlier this year, which means that um, my conversations sometimes with other guys turn toward financial investments. Now, to be clear, I never initiate that topic because I have nothing to talk about, but that's just kind of a thing that middle-aged guys do. And so we'll talk about investments. And you know that this is how it works. There are good investments there are bad investments. Whether you're big into investments or not, everybody understands that. Some investments are good. Some investments, not so much. 20 years ago, had you had the opportunity, you could have invested in a new health technology company founded by this woman right here. This would have been a bad investment. Elizabeth Holmes, at 19 years old, founded a company called Theranos. And in the space of two years, 2013 to 2015, the company lost over $600 million to its investors. Why? Because the product she was selling didn't exist. <laughs> That's a bad investment, right? Didn't look like it at the time, but proved to be a bad investment. Uh, five years earlier than that, in uh, 1997, 1998, you could have had the opportunity potentially to invest in a brand new online bookstore that doesn't sound very exciting. It was founded by this guy right here. This is Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. And if you had invested $1,000 when Amazon was a startup, that $1,000 today would be worth $2.3 million. Bad investments and good investments. I want to make the case this morning that when you invest in Horizon West Church with your time, with your energy, and yes, with your resources, that you are in fact making a good investment. I'll share why in a moment. Before I do that, a word about kingdom investments. I, I use the term kingdom investments to talk about investments that are for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God on earth, for the purpose of getting the good news of Jesus into the hands and hearts of people. So kingdom investments have the same formula as personal financial investments. They work off the same formula. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now the good news is in the kingdom, you always get a return on investment. 
It does not necessarily mean you're going to drive a nicer car or live in a bigger house. You'll not hear that from this platform. But what it does mean is that God always takes our investments in the kingdom and and gives us a return on investment. And the more we invest, the greater the return is. But kingdom investments have a different focus than personal financial investments. Read, continue with me in verse 7 and 8 of the same passage. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. So kingdom investments follow the same formula, but they have a different focus than other financial investments. And this is what I mean. When we invest financially, the purpose is to get more money into our bank account, correct? Nothing wrong with that. But when we make a kingdom investment, Paul's going to point out here the purpose. It's so that we will then abound in every good work so that you can be generous on every occasion. In other words, God blesses you so that you can be a blessing, so that God can bless you, so that you can be a blessing, and this waterfall of grace just pours out of you as you give, not to advance yourself, but to advance the kingdom of God. Three statements that I want to make this morning to make the argument that investing in Horizon West Church is a good investment. Number one, I believe this is the place for us to invest in the work of God. Everyone in any industry that knows about Horizon West and can get here has done so or is trying to get here, right? Like medical offices, restaurants, hotels, gas stations, uh, storefronts, like on and on, retail. Everybody that knows about Horizon West and has the opportunity, they're coming because they see the opportunity. Thousands of people coming from all over the country, all over the world to make their home in Horizon West. In fact, Horizon West is one of the fastest growing communities in the world. And here's what it means for us. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. This is what we saw just a moment ago. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. This is why we have people all over the world advancing the good news of Jesus. It's why the Karshima family serves in Nigeria to advance the gospel, while, why the Hutchings family has served in East Asia, the McGee's from our John Young campus in Central Asia, Ansel and Tiffany also from our John Young campus serving in Madagascar among an underreached people group. In fact, there are people embedded in this church that have ministries all over the world. And by the way, God is still calling people to serve him in that way. Did you know that there are still places in the world, I think the number is 2 billion people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus. For the apostles, when Jesus said to them, go into all the world and make disciples, it meant they had to go to places they had never been, learn languages they'd never heard, and, and share the good news of Jesus in places where it would mean they would often be imprisoned, beaten, or even executed. And again, God is still calling. There may be some in the room that God's going to call to an underreached or unreached people group, and we want to send you. But here's what's good about Horizon West. The nations have come to us. 
I mean, can you imagine that as Jesus is talking to Peter and Andrew and James and John and Bartholomew and Matthew and Philip, and I'm going to run out of the names, but there's 12 of them, and can you imagine as he says, hey guys, I want you to go to all parts of the world, could you imagine if they could see the opportunity we have? What do you mean? You, you step out your front door and there's people from all the nations around you? Yeah, yeah that actually happens. You go to the, school, the store, your, your kids go to school with people? Yes, God has placed the nations here. And what would it be to overlook that opportunity to say, well, we're just not going to do it. No, we have this opportunity here at Horizon West. This is the place of the move of God. In fact, if you were to go onto the mission field, you'd ask yourself two important questions. Number one, where is there a high concentration of people? And number two, where is there little access to the gospel? Now, I don't know if you've driven around Horizon West, the 429, Schofield, Tiny, Tilden, 535, do you see many churches around us? I don't. <laughs> that doesn't mean there's not believers embedded, but it does mean that the visible witness of the church is hampered by the fact that there aren't present churches enough to meet the demand. Look, I'm not only excited about Horizon West getting property, I'm excited about Life Church Horizon West getting property. I'm excited about Crossroads Impact getting property because the more of us that come together and plant churches here in Horizon West, the more people that can hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus. This is the place. And secondly, we are the people. Saying that may sound a bit audacious or a bit arrogant, but it's not, and I want to tell you why. Number one, we didn't choose God. He chose us. We don't like tear open our shirts to reveal a Superman logo. We're saying for whatever reason, we're here in this place, we're the people that God has brought together, and, and, and it's on us to make the investments in the kingdom of God here in Horizon West. This is how Jesus said it to his disciples in John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, fruit that will abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So he says, guys, when you're passing through the streets of Jerusalem and your shadow touches a dead person and they come to life, that actually happened. Don't get arrogant. When you're walking into the synagogue and there's a man who's never been able to walk and you touch him and he leaps to his feet, don't get cocky. When you see lightning falling, uh, Satan rather, falling from heaven like lightning, don't think it's because of you. You didn't choose this. I chose you. I appointed you. And by the way, he didn't appoint you because he was impressed with you. The second thing here is we weren't chosen because we're more deserving than others. In fact, Scripture makes the opposite argument. This is going to offend some of you. Scripture makes the op opposite argument. You weren't chosen because you were impressive. Listen to what Paul tells the Corinthians in second, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, starting at verse 26. Consider your calling, brothers and sisters, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Any other hands in the room want to go up with mine? But God, but God chose the foolish in the world to shame the wise. He chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And Paul goes on. And it's because of him that you're in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption 
so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Listen, whatever God does in the next two, five, 10, 20 years, whatever God does in the future generations, we believe it's gonna be massive because a people called Horizon West Church put roots down in this community. But no one should say, well, yeah, you should have seen those people. They were really impressive. <laughs> you should have seen that leadership team. You, you should have seen the exorbitant resources. No, no, no. And by the way, Paul doesn't say none of you were that way. Praise God, some of you are. Some of you are stepping into places of political influence. Some of you are people of means and resources. We praise God for that. But you put the collection of the church together and people are left going, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. It doesn't really add up. Do, do you know what I believe the, the power and the secret to the effectiveness of the early church was? You do know, right, that, that after Jesus appointed the apostles, like the first time Peter opened his mouth, 3,000 people responded to the gospel and baptized. And those people started going in and like, like disrupting everything. How did they do it? Well, we know that the Holy Spirit was integral to all of that. None of it happens without the Holy Spirit. But here's the reality. The Holy Spirit is everywhere where there is a single believer and he is present in power where believers come together, where two or more are gathered. So it was not the, the presence of the Holy Spirit alone that's available to all of us. So we have to go beyond that. What, what was the secret? Well, it wasn't the signs and wonders. Did you know that those were more exceptional than they were normative? It's not like every believer in the first century just walked around healing everybody they came in contact with. That was certainly present among the apostles in Jerusalem. It was present in, in pioneer fields to demonstrate that, that the gospel was, was legit. But that wasn't the secret to their power. That wasn't the secret to their effectiveness. And it certainly wasn't political power or financial influence. They didn't have any or hardly any. Here's what the secret to the early church's effectiveness was. In the church... You had the only place in the Roman Empire where people who were rich and powerful had fellowship with people who were poor and powerless. They ate at tables together. They welcomed each other into their homes. That they sold properties so that the others who didn't have could have. That they disrupted by their oneness. As Jesus said, all men are going to know that you're my disciples if you love one another. This is what the early church did. And can I tell you that this is what we as Horizon West Church have always strived for and will always strive for. That no matter what your ethnicity, no matter what your socioeconomic influence, no matter what male, female, no matter all of those things, that we come together as one under the banner of Jesus. This is what Paul said to the church in Galatia, chapter 3, verse 26, 28. He said, in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God. Through faith. As many of you, you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew or Greek. There's not slave or free, not male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And in an age and in a culture that seeks to divide us and tear us apart, we're going to say, no, 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 not here. We're a different kind of people. We're a people who are pledging our allegiance to the gospel of Jesus Christ above all else. And we come together in our worship, in our baptism, in our teaching, and yes, in our giving as one in Jesus. This is the place. We are the people. And this, I believe, now is the time. Now is the time. 
1995, a young, scrappy NBA team called the Orlando Magic was making a playoff run. And while they had had a tremendous season, no one projected them to go very far because they didn't have that all-important word, experience. And the owner at that time in 1995 got those men together in a room and asked them two questions. He said, why not us? Why not now? And those guys, that young, scrappy basketball team, rallied around that uh, idea. Why not us? Why not now? And they knocked off the mighty uh, Boston Celtics. They knocked off the almighty Chicago Bulls and then beat the Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals, even though Reggie Miller shot like 386 three-pointers. And they got it. They won the Eastern Conference Finals because they asked, why not us? Why not now? Well, state of the Orlando Magic aside, let me apply that to our situation. What if we were to ask that question? Why not us? Why not now? I I, want to address kind of the elephant in the room, and and I, I wrestled with this even as recently as this week. There are some among us who might go, I'm not sure this is the time to be asking for an investment in kingdom work. Like, I'm not really sure that with the economic downturn and we're talking about inflation and recession and all this, like, is this really the time for us to to go all in on this property called, you know, Schofield Road over here in in Horizon West? Is that what we're going to do? But here's why I believe it is, and I love this, and stay with me for this. God loves to stack the deck against himself. This This is true throughout the Bible. God shows up once to a man named Abram. He's 90 years old. His wife is 80 years old. She's never been able to have children. And if you didn't do the math, she's beyond the point of childbirth anyway. And God says, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Hebrews 11 says that Abraham did not waver in his faith. And what's crazy to me, if it was hard enough to believe that a 90-year-old man with an 80-year-old wife was going to have a child, God waited for 10 years. Spring, summer, fall, winter, year one. Spring, summer, fall, winter, year two. And Abraham's just waiting and believing. And then God said, now is the time. Abraham was 100 years old and Isaac was born. Let me give you another example. Elijah on Mount Carmel, he's, he's doing battle with the prophets of Baal, like spiritual battle. They're rallied around their god, Baal. They're, they're trying to call down fire from heaven because they want to show that their god is the true god. Elijah says, hey, Go ahead and do your thing, y'all. They're dancing. They're cutting themselves. They're singing. They're they're trying to do anything they can to get their God's attention. Meanwhile, Elijah is mocking them. I I don't prescribe this. This is not good behavior, but this is what Elijah's doing. He's mocking them. He's making fun of them. He's laughing at them. And then he says to some servants, hey, go get a bunch of buckets of water. Okay, bring them back. Hey, pour it all over this altar and and then build a trench around it and make sure that it fills the trench as well. You did follow the story, right? Elijah is going to try to call down fire from heaven. So why would he do that? Because he knew God could show off. So Elijah prays, doesn't slash himself, doesn't dance, doesn't sing, doesn't doesn't make a, a scene. He just prays. Fire falls from heaven, consumes the altar and soaks up everything in the trenches. God stacks the deck, and then God shows himself able. Let me give you one more. When it was time for God to send his son into the world to save it, 
He was sending Jesus into a world where the elite people were Roman uh, uh, Caesars and under them were magistrates and centurions and the Senate and all of that. And you're thinking, okay, God, time to show off. And he goes to a woman, a young woman, a teenager named Mary and says, you're going to conceive and give birth to the Savior. Nine months later, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, the most obscure part of the Roman Empire, born in a stable grows up for 30 years as a carpenter. He's on no one's radar, and God's saying, look what I can do with ordinary. Last week, it just, it struck me as Socrates was sharing the message that, that Socrates said these words. He said, we're ordinary people that God has called to do an extraordinary thing. And I've heard that, but it resonated with me as I'm thinking about all this. I'm like, I know I'm ordinary. Looking at you, most of you look pretty ordinary. Like, this is who we are. But now is the time that God is saying, in spite of all the challenges, and we've gone through disruptions, and we've moved from place to place, and and online, and Saturday nights, and Sunday mornings, and and merging, and are we going to survive? And here we are. This is the place. We are the people, and now is the time. There's a phrase in the Bible that appears twice in the Old Testament. It's the, the words, understood the times. It's set of two groups of people. First, the men of Issachar in 2 Chronicles, as, as David is about to take the kingdom from Saul, God has anointed David to be the, the coming king. It says that the men of the tribe of Issachar understood the times and they rallied to David. I, I love that as a metaphor because what they saw was that the kingdom was changing hands, a new kingdom was coming. And they understood that they wanted to be on the right side, they wanted to be on God's side of that equation. The other group of men that understood the times was the advisors to King Artaxerxes. He was this kind of insane king um, in Esther chapter 1. And his advisors, it says, were men who understood the times. But here's why I bring you to Esther. Because there was somebody else in Esther that understood the times that they were in. A young woman named Esther, because of her beauty, was elevated to the harem of this king Artaxerxes. Was given uh, his ear and given privilege And while that's happening, there's another crazed man trying to exterminate the Jewish people. He comes up with a plan, proposes it to the king, and says, we're going to get rid of all of the Jewish people in our kingdom. The king king says, yeah, that sounds good. And there was a man in that kingdom, a Jewish man named Mordecai. He happened to be the uncle to the young woman, Esther. And he pulls Esther aside in her place of privilege, and he says these words, Esther 4, verse 14. He says, Esther, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Horizon West Church, I believe this is our such a time as this. I don't need to share with you the statistics of what is going on in the world around us. You know that people's mental and spiritual health is at an all-time low. Like, like depression, anxiety, suicide. We're hearing about mass shootings and warfare and riots and revolutions. And, and we're inundated with this constantly. And the beauty within the darkness is that these troubled times are exactly the times in which the people of God are called to thrive. It is when it is darkest that the light is needed. The truth is we have an enemy who Jesus says comes to steal to kill and destroy. The Apostle Peter says that he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we are at war. And praise God, we're on the winning side. I found a quote earlier this week by Winston Churchill. 
In the thick of World War II, Winston Churchill said this, we do not expect to hit without being hit back. And we intend with every week that passes to hit harder. Prepare yourselves then, my friends and comrades, in this Battle of London for this renewal of your exertions. We will never turn from our purpose, however somber the road, however grievous the cost, because we know that out of this time of trial and tribulation will be born a new freedom and glory for all mankind. Winston Churchill understood that by standing their ground and by being in the right side, they would ultimately win the war in the battle for London. Someone might say, well, it feels a little grandiose to quote Churchill when you're talking to a local church, but let me tell you why I believe it's not. When I was probably 20 years old, about 20 years ago, a buddy of mine, good friend of mine, Darren, was graduating from Marine Boot Camp in Camp Lejeune. Anybody been up there or seen a, a Marine? Uh, yeah, you have. I know you have. Man, this is like, this is intense stuff, right? And my buddy Jeremy, who's Darren's brother, we're there. You know, we got long hair, hemp necklaces, and flip-flops. And we're just like, these guys are like, you know, chiseled, and they're all polished. And we're like, we're schmucks. We officially feel bad about ourselves. But but we were there um, with our youth pastor, Larry Martin. Larry was, you know, had invested a lot in me and in Jeremy and in Darren, and we're there celebrating Darren's graduation. And Larry pulls me aside. He says, hey, Chris, you see all these young men, these, these now Marines? He said, Chris, they're going to go to the battlefield. They're going to go to other places in the world. They're going to be in the thick of the, the worst warfare. And if they fail at their job, if Darren fails at his job, the men with him could die. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I'm aware of that. He goes, Chris, God's called you to be a pastor. He said, I want you to know that as important as it is for these men not to fail, it's even more important that you don't. Because if these men fail at their job, then the men around them and the women around them could die a physical, temporal death. But Chris, if you fail at your job, if you fail to proclaim the gospel, if you fail to hold true to the word of God, people could miss eternal life in Jesus. Friends, what we're doing has monumental impact and importance. So what will be true because a people of, called Horizon West Church are here? I want to show you a picture, and many of you have heard about this, and we've been talking about this, and you know that today we have opportunity to go all in on a property on Schofield Road, 12 acres of land that we believe God has led us to, to make our church home a visible witness in the community. And as we give to see this dream realized, as we invest in the work God is doing here, I believe we will in the coming years see people who are spiritually dead come to life and become disciples of Jesus. We will train children and young people to stand for Christ in, the, in their classrooms, their neighborhoods, eventually their places of work. We're going to see family legacies changed from addiction and abuse to hope and healing. And we're going to see individuals, couples, and families go from here to all parts of the world with the good news that there is a Savior named Jesus. See, as excited as I am for Horizon West, I can't wait to see what God does from Horizon West. As we meet, as we gather week in and week out, as we proclaim the gospel, as generations come to faith and the world around us is transformed and changed. 
So if this is the place and we are the people and now is the time, then the only question left is how do we respond? Well, we believe in a lot of different ways to respond with your time, your energy. We have a group's ministry that we're going to begin highlighting next week, serving opportunities. You're going to hear more about all that. But today is kind of special and today is kind of unique because today we want to give you an opportunity to make a financial investment in the property at Schofield Road that we will call home for years and generations to come. If it's your first time with us and you're thinking, oh boy, I walked into the money church, that's not who we are. But if you're a Horizon West Church member and participant, you know we've been praying together. My family's been talking and praying together about what's the, the, the one-time generous gift that we can give to help this dream become a reality. And so we're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to do that. I want to jump back into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Again, we've read some of these verses already. I want to read the last few verses of the chapter. Paul, speaking about the generosity of the Corinthian church, says this ministry of service is not only going to supply the needs of the saints, but it also overflows in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for the others. While they long for you and they pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Horizon West Church, what I want to ask you to do in a moment is not something unusual or out of the ordinary for you. The truth is you have been from day one a generous people. In fact, as recently as these last couple weeks, I was on vacation and I heard from a family that they wanted to donate a vehicle for somebody to use. Not, not sell it, but give it. And within days, there was somebody in need that we were able to get that vehicle to. We had another situation, again, while I was out, that, that there was a financial need. And I asked one of our team leaders, I said, hey, can you meet with this person? Just assess what the need is, and then we'll, you know, kind of put it through our process to try to help them. So he meets with the guy, he comes back, he says, hey, here was the need, and, and my family's just going to meet it. It's like, well, man, that's not what I was asking you to do, but thank you for your generosity to take that upon yourself. And then even more recently, a need for a family in need of a home. And I wrote down three, but since I wrote this in my message, four homes immediately opened up, said, we'll take the family in. This is who you are. It's who you've always been. And today we have opportunity in just a unique and special way to demonstrate our generosity with a one-time gift toward property. So here's how that's going to happen. I'm going to pray in a moment. And it may be that this time is for you simply just to pray and to ask God what it is that he would have you to give. We never, uh, uh, you know, obligate or, or put you under compulsion. We say something very simple. Ask Jesus and do what he says. You might have the widow's two mites. You give sacrificially. You may have significantly more. You give generously in just a moment. Easiest way to do that is to text the word GIVE to 40777. There will be some prompts there. We've also got some envelopes in the back. Again, this is for our Horizon West Church family who's come prepared to give. And we want to invite you to do that as I pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this unique opportunity in, in history and this unique place called Horizon West. God, may we not shrink back from the moment, but God, would you just give of your spirit in such a way that there would be a generous outpouring from my home and from the homes and families represented here in this room. God, there may be somebody in the room who goes, I just can't give right now. I'm upside down. We're in, we're in absolute turmoil financially. 
Lord, I pray they would feel your grace in not giving. But God, for, for others of us, many of us, may we just open up our hearts, may we open up our resources, may we give to glorify you, to honor you, and to create a home where we can minister for years and generations to come. We do it to glorify you. We do it because you first gave to us, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, would you stand with us as we sing a closing song? Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.